Before we begin, I'd like to proudly mention our sponsor, Injitsu.com, providing remote at-home training from some of the world's top MMA fighters. These classes are not pre-recorded. These trainers come to you live and coach you for the duration of the class. I've personally taken a few of these classes, and I've never felt so inspired and accomplished in a workout session. They'll leave you both on the floor in exhaustion, but wanting more. There are still slots available for online classes, so head over to injitsu.com slash richardlistens to get your first class free. That's I-N-J-I-T-S-U dot com slash richardlistens. I'll see you there. I'm a big fan of MMA sports. It's rough and elegant at the same time. I think my number one fear of stepping into a ring like that would be protecting my teeth. Luckily, the guys over at Impact Dental Designs have created an amazing mouth guard that is state of the art. These mouth guards are currently being used by some of the best MMA fighters, but even better, they can be tailored to any sport. Football, hockey, boxing, soccer, the list is endless. Head over to impactdentaldesigns.com slash richardlistens to get 20% off your order and a free customized design for your mouth guard. Hey, everybody, and thank you for joining me. This is Richard Listens, and this is the Richard Listens Show. I'm grateful for all the wonderful contributions and guests we've been having lately. Thank you again to all my subscribers, for all of you who've been signing up for email lists, signing up on our Patreon.com page to support the show, Patreon.com slash Richard Listens, Instagram at Richard Listens. Please tweet at me, Instagram, Facebook, sign up, subscribe, and listen. Please take the time, send this to two friends that you think might like the show. And my whole life, psychology, treating people in my office, it is about helping people, but this is where the people that I know that I've met, some from you know yesterday and some from my hometown and all the journeys uh, get to come back together, and that's the beauty of today's day and age. And so today is one of those days where conversations over the last few years and seeing what people are doing in the world and seeing how um, I get moved and I get to say, hey, come and share your story. And so that's what Richard Listens is about. It's about telling people stories and sharing their journey and what they're out in the world doing. And today is exciting because um, our guest today is Kat, uh, known as her stage name, Stranger Than Cat, as I know, Stranger Cat. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, she says it a lot, a lot better than I do. Um, But but the beauty of this is that I've always known you as a as a performer and a performing artist. So it's it's pretty funny, like going down through the the you know like the early on artists versus jocks. I don't know if I was always in the jock, you know, I was like trying to hover on a couple different <laughs> groups, but I, I remember you being on stage, um, uh, from the, from the local plays and things like that. Um, so it's, it is beautiful to see that you've, you followed it and pursued your passion. I know it hasn't been roses. <laughs> um, uh, it's, it's always easier on the outside, but thank you so much for making the effort and coming here today and, and for staying in touch with me. And uh, she's going to share a little bit about her upcoming album. I'm not going to butcher it in French. I'm going to let I'm going to let Kat say it. Well, I'm going to say it, and then she's going to correct me. It's Perrieu. Is that correct? Um, it's close. It's Perrieu. Close. But I, I, to be honest, I mean, I'm sure the French people would laugh at me. So, yeah. <laughs> but you took French class growing up. So you have an advantage. <laughs> this is cool. <laughs> yes. So. Uh, tell us a little bit. I know you. I was following what you were doing this summer. That you were an artist in residence. That mm-hmm. you were you were out in the country um, doing something with light displays and things like that. Like, what are you up to? What are you working on? And what brings you out here to Los Angeles? Well, um, yeah, I was in uh, did an artist residency in the Catskills the first two weeks of July, and it was just this opportunity that came up, and it gave me a chance to do some collaborative work that I've really wanted to do for this upcoming EP release for Perrier. Um, And this is a solo album? uh, Yeah. 
it's okay. it's a stranger cat stranger cat is me i'm cat martino and i'm also stranger cat yes. <laughs> it's kind of my producer musician's name for my more electronic music um which uh i also may in the near future be releasing some music under my own name cat martino that is a bit more folk acoustic based but um cool i'd like that <laughs> i won't i won't confuse people right now um yeah the main project i've been doing is kind of an experimental electronic pop project called stranger stranger cat and um uh yeah just recently i've been really excited about building some midi synced lights that go on i i like really like moving and combining all my passions which is both music and song and dance and visuals and i think it's really special in this day and age also to give the people that are viewing your live show a more magical experience and and actually it makes just it makes me feel like a little kid really excited to integrate these lights into my show it's something i've been dreaming about for years and years but um i just yeah the past two or three years have had some kind of <laughs> life pause button episodes uh so i i didn't think i would get to build these things the lights and these music videos i've been making uh recently and i'm so excited about because i had i had some stops and starts but it's really exciting to kind of be going through this rebirth period right now yeah yeah, yeah. i like how you use the, the metaphor of pause button and rebirth um so was the inspiration for and and cat is uh in case we didn't say she's a producer she's a singer and a songwriter she does it all so what what inspired introducing is it it's multimedia or lights mm -hmm. what what is was it part of the the injury was it some of the pause button moments where you pivoted or you know where did it draw from um well i had been uh dreaming about building this multimedia show before i went through this injury period which we can talk about too if you want to um um, I had been dreaming about it for probably 10 years. I've, um, I just, you know, as you said, I'm kind of doing it all. And also when you're an independent artist, you're also your own manager and booking agent. You're wearing all the hats at all the time. So, um, I was kind of looking for a moment since 2015 when I met this amazing, uh, person, William Kennedy, who goes by Freaky Lamps, <laughs> and um, we did a tour. He was touring with this band, Raptor, and um, and I love what he was making. And I mean, there's a bunch of people I've worked with in New York too on bigger tours. Sometimes I tour with bigger artists, and I got to see what they were doing with this budget. You know, when I was I did this world tour with Sufjan Stevens, and got I saw to the see shins also. Yeah, 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 and I was seeing what they were doing with this budget, and I was like. Hmm. Well, what can I do with no budget? <laughs> and and I started. I feel you on that one, right? <laughs> and um, uh, yeah, the little the little dreamer in me was dreaming about it a lot, and um, and then kind of my life just shut down for, I would say about three years. It just felt like. I, I was going through this, I don't know whether you'd call it like a second Saturn return or something, but like, you know, um, all at once. Huh? Yeah. I was going through some really, really difficult life moments that I didn't really think I was going to get through and, and, um, doing physical therapy to rehab these serious injuries was taking up all my time. Basically it was like a full-time job. And, um, and then when I finally emerged, which I never thought would happen, and um, got the chance to have this space, I just invited William up, and I was like, hey, do you still want to do this thing that we thought we were going to do like four years ago? And he was down for it still, and I'm I'm so excited because it really, some to be dreaming about something for so long and then see it 
I mean, I, I just stood in this barn in the Catskills looking at it in the middle of the night, like five in the morning after he went to sleep. And I was just crying these tears of joy because it was like, it happened, you know? And, um, and also we made this crazy music video, of, um, that, um, I dance a lot in and it was, it, that is kind of the favorite, my favorite thing I've ever made right now. And, um, and also something that I did not think I would, would be making, especially when like a year ago I was like totally immobilized healing. So, wow. so yeah, I want to walk, I want to walk through that. First of all, to, to my listeners who, when we think about, you know, peak performers, you know, and, and, I don't know if people don't, they, they think of it, oh, a football player or, you know, how injury affects you, right, in the athletic realm. But in the creative realm, it also can impact you. Oh, and you yeah. use so much of, of your entire body to, to uh, you know, sing and dance especially. And, and so what that must do to have uh, an injury and how that impacts confidence and, and things of that nature. But you were injured preparing for the album, is that correct? Um there were a couple of things. Yeah. <laughs> um, in 2016, I I had a dance injury, um, and I didn't quite know how bad it was. It uh, it ended up being a labral tear, which is a pretty common um, athlete dancer injury. But because I didn't know I had it, and I had actually seen a physical therapist who works with a lot of high-end dancers and I said should I go get an MRI for this and she was like no I think you're fine I think you're more just it's in your head or something like that which is kind of crazy looking back now um but uh anyway so I you continued with the injury I continued and at that at that time I was preparing for this huge tour with Sivan Stevens um, that was a festival tour. We were doing like Coachella and Pitchfork Festival and all these really big, amazing festivals that was kind of a life dream to get to perform on that level. And I was, my role in that tour was to sing and dance and it was like fully professionally choreographed and it was a really big multimedia show that is so beautiful that I'm really grateful to have been a part of. Um, and, um, anyway, so I kept just kind of going through and preparing and like my hip kind of get, kept getting a little worse and worse. And then, you know, anyway, <laughs> somewhere mid tour, I ended up on crutches and, um, you know, they, those guys were so nice. Everybody like Sufyan and his, his, I, I, I know his people forever. And they were like, you know, you can totally back off. We can replace you. And I was like, no, that is not me, <laughs> which right. I'm sure they knew before. But, um, <laughs> anyway, I kind of just ended up doing the left, the, the rest of that tour on crutches, dancing kind of on one leg sometimes. And, um, it was, it was pretty cool actually because by that I had a cane on stage at one point and people started showing up to the shows um and we had crazy costumes which I love. So they thought it was a costume? <laughs> um no but they started people who have either disabilities or injuries started showing up to the shows in the front row with their canes or crutches decorated like mine was like with streamers and you know like really fun colorful tape and and you know i just so I made, what's that like for you because you're used to being like you've been the lead since right <laughs> <laughs> since the beginning right i mean yes so they say like it's okay you can sit this one out and, and that like didn't compute <laughs> well i knew it, was, it felt like a once in a lifetime opportunity if it was going to be like oh well, you can come back like in a few months but like i knew that, that tour wasn't going to run again. So but um, somehow you wound up being representative of, yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, it felt really beautiful to be an inspiration for people that, that felt, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't mar marginalized in some ways it, that they found it empowering to, to like, decorate and showcase and whatever their injuries or yeah. disabilities and have fun and like have a party anyway, you know? Um, so, 
So that was that was a cool experience. And and I also didn't feel like, by the way, I just want to say I didn't feel like doing the rest of that tour put me in any more danger or anything like that. Like yeah, it was important. it was you know, I was taking care of myself and I, to be honest, I felt I knew that it was going to be more depressing to stay home and that it would actually just slow down my healing to just be home alone and depressed. <laughs> right. So. And, and coping with an injury isn't always about immediately getting surgery done. Uh, right. Like, right. You don't always know the severity, how it's going to impact you. Right. A lot of athletes are dealing with doing weight to the end of the season. Totally. I mean, yeah, I definitely got an eye into that. I mean, I think, I think dancing on it before I was diagnosed, um, I, I, definitely made the healing period longer just because it got so incredibly inflamed. But, um, but anyway, yeah. So after that, I kind of was doing PT for it for a long time. And at first it was going really fast and well, and then it got way worse. And part of what happened is I then found out that I have hip dysplasia and, um, which is, it just means I have like a ha- shallow hip sockets, um, which makes me predisposed for that kind of injury. Um, and, um, how'd you take that news? <laughs> well, I was glad to know, and I felt actually, um, you know, I wish I had known that before because people with hip dysplasia, I actually do a lot of yoga and, um, hip dysplasia, you should be doing more stabilizing like Pilates and because so much overstretching actually isn't really good, good for it. Um, I, I mean, I do, I'm doing yoga again now, which is such a relief because I was not my best self without it. (laughs) It really grounds me. Um, yeah, well, that's a good point when you're, you're healing, when the movement is, is therapeutic and healing and then all of a sudden you have to change, uh, your routine uh, it's like an identity crisis. It was uh, a huge identity crisis. I mean, I'm also a meditator and I do breath work, but like I found <laughs> I found it really really hard to be not moving. And especially that hip injury was so sensitive that like I really I, I had all this downtime and I thought I was going to be making tons tons of music and I really couldn't because I'm such a physical person and you know, I didn't even know how to sit right sometimes without in pain. That That's the problem with that injury. It's like sometimes you can't move right, but sometimes just sitting still or sitting up didn't feel right. Or just playing an instrument, playing sitting and playing piano, I would hurt, feel hurt sometimes after. So it was pretty, pretty difficult. But, um, but after that, then I, I finally found the right PT who was a hip specialist, um, from hospital to special surgery and it's like three percent of pts in in the u.s have that specialty exactly so he finally knew the right thing to do and it was like nine months into healing my fourth pt in and he said basically just don't do this 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 and that that all the other pts are doing because they're telling you to do all these outward rotation exercises and it's just making you worse and Basically, when I stopped doing all that, I started to stabilize and heal and strengthen the right muscles. And it was so that in itself was an ordeal. Um, and what was happening internally, like through that process, whether you like, was it when you're in pain, you can't, were you still trying to perform? Did it like, was it like, hey, I have to put some of the goals on back burner a little bit? Like, I what? mean, yeah. That's a good question. It was a, a lot of goals were on the back burner. My entire focus was PT. Um, I really wanted to even be focusing more on like some emotional therapy, which I think I was doing some on with a video person, but it was just like my entire focus was physical. It just felt like the first thing. And then um, everything else had to follow. But yeah, I had to put a lot of things on pause at that point. Pu- point in 2016 this record had been started the period record and I um was supposed to go to Paris and finish recording and with with uh two co-producers there that I was working with and 
um, I had this opportunity to work in this amazing studio in Paris that one of them was working in and off hours. And like, I mean, this place is sick. It's like Serge Gainsbourg worked there, Radiohead, like everyone is recorded there. And um, I got to do two tracks there. Actually, one of them I went on a trip when my hip was really inflamed and like literally I was lying down on a couch and they taped a microphone um, <laughs> wow. like suspended and I was just lying down and I sang, I mean, and that was when I knew and we all knew like, actually we can't move forward with this until she's better. You know, um, we, it, it wasn't my fault. I really didn't know the scope of it until I couldn't not know. <laughs> right. And that's, you know, as a performer, the fact that your willpower and your just pure determination to carry forward was present. I mean, you didn't have the information telling you fully to stop until you did. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe to a fault, <laughs> the determination, but, but, um, you know, lessons learned. And anyway, at that point in, I think it was fall of 2016, I was really hoping to get back to Paris and do work, but that's when, I started seeing like the first PT and it started getting worse and everything had to be postponed. And it was by, by fall of 2017 that I started to feel strong and well again and, and not, you know, in so much pain again, I started performing again and I was like, okay, now let's get this, let's get this record done, you know? And, um, and I started rebuilding and it was really scary at first because, you know, when you lose momentum, it can, it, it just brings up a lot. And I felt very vulnerable and, um, but I just started and I played one show to a few people and one show to a few more people. And then I started to really feel like, oh, okay, I'm back. Like, this is good. And, um, and uh, this is great. And I had plans in February of 2018 to finally read do this Paris trip and finish this record. Um, and I had done a few more songs at home by myself um, alone in between then. Let me, let me ask you a quick sure. question. Can for other um, artists out there that go through any other kind of sidestep? Yeah. Do you, what do you recommend that they do? You know, is it good to just get out there with other bands? Like you said, the fact you just started playing or singing again, like what was it that helped get the, you know, the, the wheels of the train on the track again. Yeah. I mean, that's a hard one. I, I, it's, it's hard because you know, you don't know until you try really. Um, like it, it's a delicate dance, um, as to whether you should get back, whether you're ready to, or you might re-injure yourself. Um, or whether um, you might just be feeling vulnerable and insecure and you got to just push through until you don't again. Um, but I... Did you keep your PT on consult? Like, what was your system of, yeah. kind of checking out? Like, how much is... Yeah, and I knew in my own performances that I could just, um, like, downplay dancing on stage and just, you know, be, be a little more. So I didn't feel worried about that, but you know, anyone who's even had like a back injury or something like that knows that you could be feeling really good and then just like pick something up in the kitchen and then, you know, the dicks, the disc splits, uh, slips again or yeah. something like that, you know? So, so I was careful about stuff like that with carrying gear. Like I had a friend like help me kind of pack up and carry gear to the shows and stuff like that, you know? So I, I was taking care of that, those kind of details and, um, I felt ready and I knew that it was going to be healing to, to do it. And every show got better and better. And, um, and then i I really felt deeply empowered every time I would put myself out there. So, so that was good. And, um, yeah. And then I, I think I was about six months back into rebuilding and I had replanned this power strip and it was kind of bigger than it had been before I was going to do play a show at David Lynch club, David Lynch's club in Paris and something and another show in London and, you know, I had this great three week trip planned, finish recording in the studio. Um, and then I got an even bigger, bigger curveball thrown at me. Um, 
which I don't, I don't even know how to explain it, but uh, basically I fell off a balcony and in a small kitchen fire, there was a small kitchen fire and I wasn't really afraid of the fire. It was just like, I was very, very overtired preparing for an audition. I was totally sober, but you know, I don't, any anyone who has been very overtired before knows that you can sometimes just like be very discombobulated. And I have a, <laughs> of all the sports I've done in karate, my, my hairline fracture that lasted eight months was mm. from lack of sleep, a job I had working overnight and then, totally. and then misstepping in Birkenstock. So there you go. I admitted yeah. it. It's out there. Yeah, you know? that's the that, that's a great example. <laughs> if you ask me next time, it'll be it was a karate kick. But totally, but yeah. The sleep and coordination and the balance and yeah. the messages between and when you're pushing yourself to that extreme. And I think I have a habit. Probably anyone who knows me of like when it's go time, maybe I can be a little too over go time. You know, classic New Yorker. <laughs> I mean, everyone I know is like that in New York, to be honest, <laughs> or who's in performance and. It seems like everyone these days is trying new workout systems. Some people go to the gym, others may run, but I've recently discovered a great in-home method that is absolutely amazing. I'm taking in-jitsu classes online where I'm being trained and pushed in real time by top MMA fighters straight from the octagon. Injitsu.com provides real-time classes so you can get a top-notch workout from the comfort of your own home. These classes are absolutely going to sell out. So head over to injitsu.com slash Richard Listens to get your first class for free. That's I-N-J-I-T-S-U dot com slash Richard Listens. Protecting your child's teeth is important in any sport. That's why Impact Dental Designs has put so much thought into their state-of-the-art mouth guards, protecting athletes in youth sports, all the way up to advanced MMA fighters and champions. And the best part is you can customize your own design for your own creative and fun mouth guard. So head over to impactdentaldesigns.com slash Richard Listens. And if you purchase now, you get a free customized design and 20% off your order. So how much of that was that like a mentality from I've missed out and now I'm like I'm overcompensating in a way? Hugely. Yeah. I think you definitely hit the nail on the edge. I think I had felt so that so much that my life had been slowed down from the hip injury that at first I was moving very, very slow and carefully for a long time. And then like, and then I just kind of ramped up speed for a couple of projects and I got really excited. And then anyway, I was like, I probably hadn't slept more than a few hours and two or three nights, um, like getting ready for this recording and stuff like this and to fly and, um, some other stuff that was going a show that was coming up in New York and, um, and, and an audition. And, and then like, I, anyway, this was small, just kitchen fire. I probably should have just put a lid on it. I wasn't afraid of it. It was just a really small flame. And I brought it out to the balcony in my Brooklyn, uh, apartment and a small little drop of rain hit it and um and it kind of exploded like if you've ever seen water hit fire you know how it explodes up um and and I just reflexed back I didn't make a conscious decision my body chose like don't get your face burned <laughs> and um the next thing I knew I was just hanging on the side of this balcony and it was pouring rain at that point and I just there was no chance I anyone could have hold held on and I fell luckily only one story about 14 feet and wow. um you know I am pretty agile so like even even in with undersleeping like luckily I just landed on my feet and I kind of just thought I was going to get up and walk away but it was night and it was raining and I tried to stand and walk and there was no walking um oh man so I literally broke both of my feet and they kind of just smashed like an iPhone when it falls which is kind of crazy and thus started the most difficult period of my life. <laughs> wow. After um, all that recovery, after I know. all that. It was pretty insane. But, you know, I had to come to terms with the fact that accidents happen. In fact, my my PT 
for that had told me um, that she had a, a a stunt woman that had been seeing her who was doing like a scene in a motorcycle, uh, a, a motorcycle stunt double for a movie. And um, long working day, 16 hour shooting day, whatever it was. And she hit the the gas instead of the brake and she ended up it ended up being a fatal accident for her so you know it that helped put it in perspective and i feel so awful for that person and and their family and loved ones but you know to remember that that's actually a common even a professional accident that's actually a common thing that people happen and when they study them later uh insurance companies like people Mm. really remember like it's it's a failure functioning of the motor functioning. Like right. so, when you're fatigued, right? You know, you believe you're 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 moving the foot. Totally. Uh, so it just shows, yeah, sleep and and we. I think it's like 24 hours sleep. You start to show signs of clinical depression. I've learned <laughs> it's not it's not fun facts, but it, yeah, you start to <laughs> you know for for ER doctors and people out there that are who happen to be a lot of my clients, um, you know that. The humanity mm-hmm. and the ability, the need to like really be very careful with your sleep. Yeah. Um, totally. And recovery. Yeah. So, so you had to go back to f- crutches, casts. Uh, it was beyond. I was I wheelchair. Was, you know? I was casted. Yeah, from my toes up to my knees, and in a wheelchair for like three to four months. So, um, it was. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I spend so much time talking about the other thing, but yeah, that was that that was pretty beyond, and um, it it got it got very very uh, dark. I would say yeah. <laughs> it was a darkness I never, especially because I would say, you know the the first at first there was a lot of confusion about the injury, whether I should have surgery or not. Um, and nobody seemed to agree. So uh, that just messed with my brain because it you was mean the doctors, or? yeah, the doctors, <laughs> the specialists, you know, so it was like immediate surgery or you will never dance again, or maybe you're not dancing again anyway. Um, and then it was, oh, these breaks are fine. You're okay. Like that, that was like in the hospital. And then it was like well, we really don't know what's going to happen. And like, so I think, I think if they had said, oh, just wear these casts and be in a wheelchair for four months, then I might've been able to mentally handle it. But, um, I, yeah, I guess I just had felt like I'd lost so much time already. And then, um, uh, whatever, whatever happened was, um, they just to make a long story short, which is, I've spent, I kind of kept my brain on the, on the trauma doctors over the ortho doctors that were saying, oh, you're going to be fine, you know? And, um, I went home and I was like, I'm going to write an album. I'm just going to like hang out in this wheelchair and like, you know, have a lot of herbal treats and, (laughs) and, and everything will be fine. Like, you know, they were like, just treat it like you're pregnant and eat lots of ice cream and, you know. And my attitude was actually pretty okay at that moment. I think, I think I, um, after the shock went away, which was pretty intense in the hospital, um, uh, I kind of, and I went right back into Cat Martino go mode, which was, um, oh, I have an audition tomorrow. Guess what? I'm going in a wheelchair. And I did. Like, I went to an audition within 24 hours of being released from the hospital. It's funny, right, how that coping, like the coping is so built in that the strength of I'm a performer, I keep moving, like overrides the body telling you. I just couldn't, like, because the doctors had told me, like, you will be okay in a few months, you know, like, or I was choosing to believe those ones, and I was like, you know, I'm not going to sit here. I just feel like I had my life on pause for a year and a half. And, like, let's just heal and and 
not act like life is over and see, you know, this tour doesn't start for like six months. Let's just go. Um, and then I had a show that they were like, please, it's okay to cancel. And again, it was like, it was at Park Church Co-op in Brooklyn. My, I, I went and I performed in the, at the grand piano in a wheelchair and, and that I really do believe that was a very healthy decision for me. I, again, like I just think staying home, it wouldn't have gotten me anywhere. It didn't put me in danger. The emotional, um, like void of, of just having to completely stop again would have been much, much greater. Um, but then the issue, the, just the long story short part was that I then saw some, orthopedic specialists afterwards that were actually like actually the doctors in the hospital were wrong you really should have gotten the surgery now I don't know what's going to happen um I was scheduled for and and for surgery four times within two weeks that was canceled um and reconsulting as many specialists as possible starting to kind of lose my mind about it um and then Basically, I went through the rest of the healing period the next two or three months um, unsure as to whether when these casts came off, I was going to have to get immediate surgery or surgery in a few months and then be recasted again. And, um, you know, there was and, and when you look at like this particular surgery that I would have needed, like is just not pretty. It's like total re total reconstruction foot surgery um and so you mentioned you know the the emotional part of injury i mean at that point did you start to talk to somebody at any point to like be like whoa this is i mean because your nature is to you know to be a star to be you know all the roles you play on some level right they require all of you and so this other message is which is like oh but your body needs you to be still uh is is the antithesis and so like but, but now I don't know which message to listen to. Yeah. I mean, at that point, what once they told me the seriousness of it, I, I mean, I completely, I was not trying to push it in any way. Like I wasn't, I was like, okay, that's it. I am home and I'm healing and that's it. Of course. Um, uh, but I, was, I didn't really have the emotional support that I should have had then. I think, um, I'm sure it would have been available to me, but it's just, again, it just became another full-time job. It's like dealing with social services and like all, like just getting someone to come and like potentially cleaning my house, like with, through the Medicaid and all this stuff. Like it would, like it would take me like four hours a day just to like shower, get dressed and feed myself. And I was doing everything by myself. And were you able to get those resources? Uh, somebody in the hospital filled out the wrong paperwork and like it took three weeks to get to get it re-figured out and those were the initial three weeks that I really needed most of that help and like my parents had flown in from Florida to help out and then it, it just the whole thing was a nightmare because I sent them back to Florida before I knew this new information of how serious it was um and uh, an appreciation, huh, for what people go through and oh my God. for for injuries and disability. Seriously, and, um, what an I mean, not that that's the way you choose to go through a, an experience, but it must give you such a connection now when you see so many in front of you. Oh um, my God, my compassion is just—it's it's such a different level, um, for sure. And I would highly—I re- think you asked me a question way earlier about what I would recommend, and I forgot but um you remember i i mean i forgot to say it then but i but i mean i think having a meditation practice is really essential and like um i found a bunch of things on youtube called yoga nidra i think you asked me a question way earlier about what i would recommend and i forgot but um you remember i i mean i forgot to say it then but i but i mean i think having a meditation practice is really essential and like um i found a bunch of things on youtube called yoga nidra which is a lying down meditation that they just talk you through all the relaxation points of the body um for some reason though when i was healing from the from the foot injuries i i couldn't meditate because something else distracting 
something else psychologically had emerged, which is that I, I was going through this like temporary fear of, of sleep, um, which is a lying down meditation that they just talk you through all the relaxation points of the body. Um, for some reason though, when I was healing from the, from the foot injuries, I, I couldn't meditate because something else, something else psychologically had emerged, which is that I, I was going through this like temporary fear of, of sleep. Um, which was, I don't know, that's a whole other thing. I don't even, I luckily when I healed, it just went away, but I was, I was definitely having some, some trauma and, um, oh, basically the doctor had given me some, like actually the wrong medication, the wrong doses of medication. And so like I had had a panic attack, which I'd never, um, had before when I took this medication. And, um, so after that, I couldn't take any more pain medication on any level, I actually couldn't even take valerian root or anything like that because when I would feel myself um, involuntarily losing consciousness, it would this really really deep fear came and um, and I would go into panic again. And so and connected to losing control or yeah, it was. It, I mean, there's no other way to explain it. But I every time I fell asleep, I felt like I was dying. You know, and I was afraid that I would. And, and that's what happened, um, from that, uh, medication experience. And it, and it stayed with me for as long as I was immobilized. So like I was going through this three month period where I was sleeping sometimes one hour a night, sometimes, you know, more, um, I, it was messed up. I was like afraid of the dark. I was like pretty much somehow when the light came up in the morning, maybe I could get a few hours of sleep. So um but yeah, thank, thank god you. thank I, you for having the courage to share that i mean <laughs> having gone through a back surgery when i was just out of college at 22 i remember mm. that that the medications were what i wanted to get away from as quickly as possible yeah. and some of that you know being up at five in the morning and seeing people getting their paper and going to work i was like it was it, it's very deflating yeah uh, how off of the routine of life, uh, you can feel now separate, uh, within just be, being like a chemical construct of trying to manage your own pain. So totally, thankfully, you know, with pain management, um, a big proponent of, uh, you know, EMDR or, or somatic experience, anything that helps you like start to process the emotions behind it, because, um, there's so much that goes into pain. Uh, yeah. And you mentioned sensei, thankfully I, I was doing karate at the time that I had my, um, back and ankle injury, and he used to constantly look at my face and say, "Is it discomfort or is it pain?" And mm. this constant kind of, you know, doctors give you that scale, you know, yeah, smiley face, <laughs> smiley face, these different to frowny totally. face to, you know, what level zero to ten are you to to kind of have this ability to track, you know, is it is it my mood today? Uh, is it is it sadness or is it physical pain? And to and to get into a better relationship with that. And what can you tolerate? Can you tolerate doing yoga and being still? Can you tolerate laying flat and still singing? Right. <laughs> right. Um, totally. Yeah. So, so thank you for that, that tool, uh, meditation and, and yoga as part of healing. Um, but let's take you back as you know, for the closing out to the more inspirational part. Let's give yes. them rainbows. So when you, you know, I, I'm like, I saw the pictures of the barn and the lights. Like I got yeah. excited and you're back to that like childlike excitement. Oh my God. Yeah. It's like I, I made a hundred percent recovery and proved the doctors wrong. Thank God. So, you know, now I'm just like in this place where I, I feel like a kid again and I'm, I'm realizing, yeah, you know what? I lost a lot of time and that, but look, I'm alive. I'm here. I can, I have the full capacity of my vessel again. And I'm really just excited about everything I'm making right now and what I'm going to make next. And, um, and would you have taken that same healing journey? Would you have sought out periods of just sent, seemed like you were just kind of alone aside from your, what's his name? Lamps, uh, Shit, what's his oh <laughs> freaky lamps freaky lamps <laughs> William Besides, Kennedy yes. yeah <laughs> sorry that's a, that's a great that's okay. name freaky lamps was mm -hmm. there uh, mm -hmm. building his light displays mm -hmm. thanks to freaky lamp um, yeah. so but it was like it was you in a healing process in creativity with nature I mean would you yeah. have sought that out 
when you were in your hustle bustle New York. Oh, Brooklyn. definitely. I mean, I've I've always done done these kind of retreats and residencies. Um, I mean, even though I have the hustle bustle part of my personality, I've I've been a yogi and a meditator for fifteen years. I teach yoga um, in in schools. I definitely have always known the the value of retreat and um have that even though I'm a city girl in some ways I'm a real real nature retreat person I I go on silent retreats frequently um and I think I'm just more aware now of the vitality of self-care and and instead of when I'm ramping up like instead of going like oh this is okay I'm like you know what for you maybe it's not <laughs> you got to slow down, you got to pull back and you, like I mean I I have to meditate every day. That's that's who I am, you know. Yeah. So, but I'm super excited about everything about releasing this album and doing the live shows and especially these videos I made. I'm so excited about, you know, and and I think it's it's a story in in this album is the story of the healing and and a lot that I went through. So So it sounds like you've shared your authenticity and your experience <laughs> through your work. I hope so. Yeah. I mean, so in California has plenty of silent retreats, by the way. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> like every corner. I mean, like, I'm a big Italian talker, but like I love silence more than the next person, maybe. <laughs> okay. So tell us, uh, where they, where we can hear your music, uh, sure. and when the release will be, if you want to share mm-hmm. and, Anything else about how people can get in touch with you and hear more about your work, your beautiful voice, and your journey? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to remember the play I saw you in. Was it was it cabaret? That was one of them that for sure. Them? You know, uh, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. You know, okay. Uh, what else? What did we do? Uh, anything goes. <laughs> do you still do? Do you still do plays or no? I don't do plays anymore. I, I wouldn't be adverse to it but i but i do do some dance theater stuff i'm kind of spinning back around to some some of that kind of stuff but um as far as checking out my music with stranger cat um or cat martino you can i mean definitely all the places that you're listening to your digital music it will be out in the end of october or early november so i'm not sure when this is going to air but um stranger cat that's two words um, cat with the C, like my name, um, and so you c- it can be found Spotify, Apple Music, etc., um, SoundCloud, YouTube, um, and I definitely love to interact with people on Instagram and Facebook. So um, you know you can find me there too. That's awesome. Cat. Any performances scheduled for Los Angeles yet? Um, gonna get back to you. Okay, sounds yeah. good. Well, we'll be glad to put up uh, some of your songs, um, and hopefully by the time this airs, it'll be uh, part of the intro or outro. Um, awesome. Yeah. Um, saw one of your songs has like twenty thousand downloads. Um, so yeah. <laughs> I was enjoying it. Well, um, we hope that you'll be, uh, stay a friend of the show. And, uh, as you do more out here, we'll, we'll try and uh, release this as close to the release of the album as possible. Um, I thank you for, uh, humbling yourself and going into and being willing to go into the injury and the vulnerability around that and especially I think so many performers in multiple realms can identify with healing recovery and yet there's a setback of some kind and and those decisions that you have to make and the information you get and then the whole second guessing afterwards Um, and what it teaches us about ourselves and at the same time the tremendous determination and, and redefinition rebirthing as you termed it that's come out of all this so yeah, and I just want to say, anyone who is going through something like that, like, please hold. You, you can make make it through it because I really had so many moments where I didn't think I was going to survive it, and um, and I really, really feel at the other side of of it, and and I'm not carrying it with me either. I feel very light and very um, very bright. Like you can just you can decide to let it go. 
you know? Yes. That, that's, <laughs> that's a beautiful, you know, message kind of as a concluding message is that, um, uh, you know, we're, we're a month past my, my father's loss. It's been, mm. it's been, it's been a hard 2019, but the one thing that adversity and hardship is, has really taught me is, uh, the definition of resilience, yeah. the experience of other people's compassion, kind of being on the other foot. Uh, that you mentioned earlier about, you know, willingness to receive and let people help you. If you're not someone who lets people take care of you, if you're always the one in the driver's seat, if you're always looking for more roles where you can be in charge, as wonderful as that is, as dynamic as that is, uh, from an emotional place, um, the need to be cared for and supported and loved, um, you know, has nothing to do with how great we are. Uh, and I can't, and I can't thank enough to people. They know who they are, who really were by my side during those times. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You see who the true, true friends are, <laughs> who's really with Bo you. Show. <laughs> whether or not, yeah, your next, uh, tour blows up or, uh, whether or not, you know, you sing and dance forever or whether or not you, you decide to become a yogi teacher because that's what inspires you in the next phase of stranger cat. So thank you for being here. Thank you for uh, exploring this new uh, media and, <laughs> uh, and studio. And uh, we look forward to blasting your songs and the work you're doing in the near future. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. I appreciate it. Please, uh, if you can, check out my Patreon page.com, patreon.com slash Richard Listens, or Instagram, Richard Listens. Uh, you get the theme. We appreciate all your support and interest. We're now up on iTunes, Spotify. If you're interested in therapy, teletherapy, any kind of consultation, please don't hesitate to reach out to me um, through my website, richardlistens.com. I'm happy to help and support in any way through any kind of strain, support, or isolation you are going through. We are here to alleviate strain and suffering. Thank you all for tuning in. I'm Richard Listens, and I'm out. I'm a big fan of MMA sports. It's rough and elegant at the same time. I think my number one fear of stepping into a ring like that would be protecting my teeth. Luckily, the guys over at Impact Dental Designs have created an amazing mouth guard that is state of the art. These mouth guards are currently being used by some of the best MMA fighters, but even better, they can be tailored to any sport. Football, hockey, boxing, soccer, the list is endless. Head over to impactdentaldesigns.com slash richardlistens to get 20% off your order and a free customized design for your mouth guard. Lastly, I'd like to proudly mention our sponsor, Injitsu.com, providing remote at-home training from some of the world's top MMA fighters. These classes are not pre-recorded. These trainers come to you live and coach you for the duration of the session. I've personally taken a few of these classes and I've never felt so inspired and accomplished in a workout session. They'll leave you both on the floor in exhaustion and with a drenched shirt. There are still slots available for online classes, so head over to injitsu.com slash richardlistens to get your first class free. That's I-N-J-I-T-S-U dot com slash richardlistens. Take care, everyone.